Let's get some insights on the news shaping the markets. And for that, we welcome in Joe Brusuelos, Chief Economist at RSM. So we've gotten in a slew of data. Uh, let's first touch on the PPI retail sales. What does it all tell you? Well, what it tells me is the economy likely decelerated a bit in contrast with what we observed a year ago um, around holiday spending. Okay, first, I think we want to put this in a broader context. The U.S. economy actually is fairly resilient. It actually accelerated in the fourth quarter of the year compared to the third quarter. We expect the second half of the year to see growth around 2.8%. And in fact, the Q4 data, which we'll get next week, the consensus forecast is 2.6, which is right on where we think that's going to be. Now, the encouraging and more constructive, I think, outlook here is, is that inflation is now moderating at an accelerating rate. Looking forward into to the, the early portion of this year, you'll see those year-ago base effects, basically what happened in gas and energy markets following the Russian invasion of Ukraine, really come off, and that will make those numbers look a lot better, right? But make no mistake, even as we project forward, the, the down market consumer is, is somewhat stressed and, and, and even strapped at this point. So we're going to have a, a sense of uneven data here over the next couple months with respect to spending not so constructive versus inflation, very constructive. I see. Okay, so at this point, there is so much for the Fed to digest, and you have the tail of two markets, the bond market saying one thing and the U.S. stock market telling us another, betting that the Fed, um, what they will or won't do. I mean, there, we heard Jamie Dimon say he thinks they're going above 5% for sure because he thinks inflation will be longer than people think. Well, I'm in that camp, I think, at a minimum. The federal funds rate, the policy rate, needs to go to a range between 5 and 5.25%. If I had a vote in the upcoming February 1st policy decision, I would say we need to hike rates by an additional 50 basis points and get to restrictive terrain sooner rather than later. However, it does look like, based off of the several Fed speakers who spoke this week, today's the final day before the quiet period put in place, we may see a 25 basis point hike. You know, I got to see Dallas Fed President Lori Lorgan's maiden speech here in Austin this week. She made a very persuasive case for a robust and flexible policy framework that likely includes a 25 basis point hike at the February 1st meeting. Understood. I was looking how in Asia core inflation was at the highest since 1981. I know UK inflation came down a little bit, but still very high. What's the global picture and how does it all matter? Why does it matter to us here at home? All right. So over the past 30 years, the U.S. economy, which was largely closed for most of our lifetimes, has really been integrated into the broader global economy. What happens in China, what happens in Japan, what happens in the U.K. and EU really does matter for the U.S. So the big news is that the Chinese economy is opening and you're going to see a return of demand probably in the second quarter of the year, which may disproportionately affect oil and energy markets. The inflation problem, which was largely caused by supply chain disruptions, and then the, 
the impact of, of improved demand for energy and oil that we didn't expect, followed by the Russian war, has really caused inflation across the globe to move higher. So what that means is central banks are going to lift their rates and then hold them for the next year or two in some cases in order to regain a sense of price stability, albeit a little bit above where we were accustomed to over the past 10 to 15 years. You know, if we get lucky, the Europeans in general, and the Germans in particular, will avoid a recession. We see growth slowing down in China. You know, the the, the years of 10 percent per annum growth are now behind us. China's going to grow at two to three percent, just like the rest of us going forward. And of course, there are real internal problems in China, not just around COVID, but around a financial and banking sector that is really flirting with disaster. Yeah, and I know you were looking at the reopening of China, the supply chain, how it all works and how everything is intertwined at this point. What's the takeaway for this year, 2023? Are we going to finish the year saying, phew, we made it through that one? Or do you think it might be people are going to say, good riddance, 2023? Is it going to be terrible? Mm -hmm. With respect to the global economy in general and the supply chain in particular, we're going to be quite pleased. When, when we look at the end of the year, where we are with supply chains and import prices, you know, you take a look at the cost of shipping from Shanghai to LA. I mean, we've gone full circle here. We're back to where we were prior to the pandemic. It's prices have fallen over 75% since the peak. Things looked undeniably good. Moreover, we're now using our overall shipping capacity much more efficiently. It's spread around the country. And here's what's really important, uh, Nicole, we are experiencing a regional re-regionalization of global supply chains. You're going to see lots of things like textiles and fabric manufacturing relocate from the Far East into Mexico. So over the next years, you'll see actually demand for trains and automobile transportation out of Mexico into the United States increase, which will help on the margin with respect to shipping and airline freight prices. This is something that over the, over the medium to longer term will increase resilience of the US economy in case of any exigent causes of further disruption. And, and this is the big thing, it will really help revitalize the middle of the country, which has largely been overlooked with respect to policy for a number of decades. Well, that sounds good to me. If that actually uh, happens, right, that would be very good and, and would help to support our U.S. economy. Joe Brisbane, it's wonderful to see you. Thank you always for coming on the network with us. Appreciate it. Chief Economist, RSM, Joe Brisbane, thank you.